and welcome to So You Want to Be an Engineer, the St. Paul's School Engineering Society podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome to the show Lawrence Johnson. Lawrence is an electrical engineer and is working towards a net zero carbon future. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show and talk to us, Lawrence. Thanks, Kate. That's really good. And I'm really excited to be here. This is, uh, this is, this is a new world for me, but this is, this is really interesting. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to this. Fantastic. And our interviewer today is Minsuk, and I know that he has produced lots of lovely questions for Lawrence, and so I'm going to hand over to him. Over to you. Hi. Uh, so you worked as a building services engineer prior to going to university and chose electrical engineering with building services. Could you explain why you chose this route? So first of all was, you know, engineering and why did I choose to go to engineering is one thing. And I find that quite a, a, an important question to ask yourself and, and why you go into this. And I think um, uh, for me, it's about curiosity. And, and, and as I, as I uh, grew up, I, I, I knew I was a kind of person that liked to take things apart and understand how things work. And that's an important part of, of, of uh, I think, of engineering and any science. And I can't, I can't stand if I can't uh, if if I don't know how it works. So um, uh, sneakily at home, um, when my parents were out, I always used to take things apart, have a look, and see, well, how does that work, and then try and get it back together again. But you know, I always knew that that was that was sort of engineering was my kind of thing. But uh, in terms of building services, I think building services, I sort of partially fell into it but also then almost fell in love with it because the 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 way that it the, the way that it has the impact on the environment I, I really liked engineering but I also liked geography and and the environment and it was those kind of lessons that uh, that I did at, at school that really really interested me and previously they always seemed quite uh, distant and 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 not quite so related but now having both of those and being able to mix when you have a, a passion about one thing, it can cover so many different areas. So you can go for engineering and then actually go, but I really like, I enjoy the environment kind of things. So you can you can sway your engineering into all sorts of different sectors. And that's how I how I went down that route. And it was and it was uh, a, a real follow your passion kind of thing as I went down through there. Now, I, I, uh, I will be honest, when as, a, as, a, as a younger engineer, I struggled a little bit to become really kind of focused. So I ended up going to, to go and do an apprenticeship rather than go and do straight to engineering. And what that helped me to do was really understand that I really loved that kind of engineering thing. I also grew up a bit, I settled a little bit, and I learned to focus and have the ability to go and study better at, a, at an older, uh, older age. But also what it did is it meant that when I did study, I sort of knew what I wanted to do out of that experience, that life experience, and was able to tailor my studying uh, at, uh, as, as a, uh, in, in a particular engineering, an electrical engineering. And of course, because I had experience out in the worked environment before that, I knew I liked the building services and the environmental things around buildings. Also, following up on that question, could you explain how electrical engineering is kind of related to building services? So a building itself is a user of uh, electricity and it has a lot of technology in it. And it has both things like the, uh, the, the power that it uses to heat and to light. 
And, uh, and it's important people understand what building services is, because obviously a, a building is traditionally you, you employ an architect to design it. You will uh, employ a structural engineer and you may have a civil engineer. But the majority of other systems that go into it are then down to the building services. So the lighting, the heating, the vertical transport, the fire, the security, and uh, all of those things that uh, are, are particularly around the users of energy are the things that I'm interested in and how we make sure that's efficient and how we ensure that uh, the, the buildings do their part in, in a net zero carbon world. That's really interesting. And could you briefly tell us about your career? So I, uh, like I said, I went to, uh, started uh, at the young age of, uh, believe it or not, 16, I went to an engineering firm. And that was a long time ago. Uh, and it was when we were still hand drawing drawings, uh, believe it or not. And there was this computer sat in the corner and nobody knew how to use it. And I thought, hang on a second. So I developed, obviously, understanding in terms of uh, computers and using those in industry quite early on. I then, uh, whilst I was there, I chose to do part-time courses to develop my understanding. So I did an ONC and then an HNC qualification, which was part-time and that was good. And that was funded by my uh, my work at the time. I then, after that, realised that to further my career, I then had to go and get uh, professional qualifications. And that's really important as an engineer. Uh, and to be able to get a professional uh, qualification, really, you needed a degree and you needed an accredited degree in a particular area. Hence, I chose to go to South Bank University, which was allow me to do electrical engineering, but still keep a, um, an endorsement with building services. And then since then, I worked as uh, projects and worked on projects, uh, then after finishing that, and then went on to uh, understand uh, as I worked on those projects, I realised I really enjoyed the the energy side of things and the uh, the infrastructure and the big stuff to bring services into buildings. And that's where I started. Uh, um, the firm I worked in allowed me to develop my own passions and understanding around those things to a point where I set up my own specialist group within the firm. And then we even have uh, like our own cost centre. I have developed my own team. And we now offer a very specialist service that we offer to clients as part of our engineering firm. And now I'm uh, I'm a partner of that firm uh, over a number of years. So it's quite nice because when you're passionate about that, it's it shared that passion. And as a partner firm, it's important that you're really passionate about what you do. And can you tell us about your day to day work? So my my at the moment, um, it's about getting buildings uh, connected and arranging for that infrastructure. So uh, I will obviously I, I uh, am part of looking after a business. So a lot of that is quite commercial. So whereas I am an engineer at heart, I have to be quite commercially minded now. And I run a team and I look after the finances of that. And I also do work winning. But a large proportion of that is about the moving on of our industry and how we are having to change and build our buildings around net zero carbon and achieving net zero carbon in that built environment. So I'm now, we're now developing new technologies and researching with new technologies, working with universities to be able to uh, bring in new technologies that are being developed as quickly and as rapidly as possible into the built environment to help achieve this net zero carbon. And one of those things is the reliance on electricity is, is really important. Something uh, I know it goes slightly off topic, but something's really important is that 
the so in terms of um, it's such an important issue to me in terms of uh, carbon emissions and the import uh, and and global warming and when you consider that sort of 72% of all carbon emissions are associated with energy and more than half of that's associated with a built environment this challenge the onus is on us to get that right and make sure we build our buildings right and when we you, you you can't build. So one of the things I had to do is 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 look at ways to stop putting gas into buildings, because gas is 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 an emitter is is a natural um, uh, resource which is is emitting carbon. So we are, our reliance on electricity and trying to innovative ways to rely on electricity is really important. And that's something that I'm doing on a day to day. The research, development, coming up new ways to deliver projects, really exciting things with. Um, with uh, solar and batteries and new battery technologies to be able to capitalise on that and making buildings adapt to when it's windy and not windy and pull power when that energy is low in carbon or low cost and easily available and avoid them having to pull power that would normally be available from low carbon and avoid them having to turn on big gas-powered fire stations or, or, or coal and things like that. That's really interesting that you have to kind of consider a lot of things. It it is. It's an amazing. As an engineer, you 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 have to do a lot of things, and you also have to look after people. You still have to look after a commercial side of things. It's a it's 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 an avenue into such a broad industry and opportunities to allow you to take all sorts of interests forward, no matter what it is. And has your kind of day to day work been changed due to the pandemic? Yes, of course. We are, uh, as, a, as a consultancy firm that we are, a professional consultancy firm, um, we are quite, a lot of what we do is hands off. Um, but obviously, we are dealing with the construction environment, which has been obviously very much hit. Um, but the work that I do is on the very much on the early stages, generally, not all of it, but a large proportion of it associated with early stages. And there's that that work is continuing, which is good. And, and of course, we're thankful of that. Uh, so long as um, the construction industry can see how we're going to get our way out of this and there's still people want built things afterwards, then uh, fingers crossed that um, we, we will continue to thrive. And I'm, I'm absolutely passionate that clearly our lack of understanding about the current pandemic and not um, acting and listening to scientists was perhaps one of the things that we should watch out for. And I think the pandemic was one is one thing, but the, 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 the implications of not listening to the science on global warming will be significantly worse. They will make the pandemic um, seem like, you know, a walk in the park, uh, despite the huge tragedies. You know, the, the, the potential impact of the ice caps melting and the release of methane could be catastrophic for all of us. So it's, it's something that I don't want to lose focus on and developers are not losing focus on, even in the existing buildings. Could you tell us about some experience that you've had that were memorable or challenging? When we, I've worked on projects as younger and seeing projects actually complete uh, is always quite nice. Uh, and then going and seeing them afterwards and people don't, uh, I find it quite heartwarming that you go and see a big major master plan project or it'd be a shopping centre or a big office block and things like that or an iconic building of some sort. And having input, having seeing that in fruition, seeing that operational and knowing that you've done your bit, even though unfortunately nobody can see my bit, it's hidden there behind, uh, underneath the ground. I still feel that really, um, it gives me a good sort of warm feeling inside anyway. 
And you lead a team with various specializations. Were there any challenges you faced when leading a team? And what skills are required to successfully lead a team? We have to interface with a lot of teams of different specialists. And within the firm, we have a lot of specialists. So we have people that deal with acoustics, we have people that deal with lighting, and we have to interface them. And then within my team, you have to recognise as an engineering firm, we still need people with certain specialist expertise within that. Understanding the finances associated with energy is really important when we're putting infrastructure in that transports energy. And I have to then coordinate that with uh, with various people. So we have a, a series of commercial people, we have a series of technical engineering people, and we have uh, and and uh, and also sort of project management type people are also really important. So we now have to I have to bring that together and make sure they pr- create a holistic offering to a client. So they see this smooth service. They forget that this simple question of how do I get my power and how do I make sure it's zero carbon, can you do that for me, is really complicated. And I have to take those sim- what seem simple problems and split them up into their individual challenges, give them to the right teams and then bring them back together again. And that in itself is a task and that needs a good project manager. And and I can tell you, an engineer usually makes a good project manager because they break things down into manageable slots. They're clear and concise with their communication. They have, you know, 80% of the skill sets that are needed to be a project manager anyway. So, um, we, and we often have to project manage the whole project process ourselves. So it's really, it's, um, as an engineer, I think it's one of the core skills. It's probably the most adaptable to so many walks in lives and, and capabilities. And there are plenty of engineers out there that have gone on and done some some great things. And they often make good leaders, they make good um, uh, business runners and other such things because they're very analytical. So engineering is absolutely the way forward. And I think it's what's going to get us out of so many problems. It's going to take people like yourself, if you're passionate about engineering, to solve the world's problems that are going on at the moment. And I think that the there's a big, a big weight on our shoulders, um, and and on your shoulders. But my goodness, uh, you know those those personal rewards are huge. So it's definitely worth striving for and putting up with the challenges that are on the way. And could you tell us about more about the net zero carbon rule? Okay, I have obviously alluded to that. Uh, a, a, a fairly important and and why um, uh, net zero carbon is so important and and it's people know that uh, or the man-made emissions of carbon is causing a significant contribution towards uh, global warming but when you think about the energy side of things and we talk about zero carbon is one thing and when they have to think about net zero carbon and net zero carbon is a uh, is a slightly different thing because there is no such thing as true or very rarely is there a true zero carbon design or implication or product it's all about net because it has a resulting effect or you might have to input something and it improves on something so it's important to think um when I think about net zero carbon, I put a little envelope around whatever it is you're thinking. And that will have carbon that goes out and has carbon that will come uh, in and it will have interface with other things than other emitters of carbon. So it's quite a complicated issue. And so that's why we say we don't say just zero carbon. That's why we say net zero carbon. And that associated with what I do is obviously associated with energy and how we remove uh, remove carbon emissions from both 
the energy side of things. But it must also remember, and I, I forget about it, um, the, 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 the carbon that's embedded in the fabric of the buildings as well. That's really important. And uh, as engineers, though it's not quite my forte, you have to recognise that you, you might be able to make a building make out of lots and lots of thick, heavy concrete so it has good thermal mass so it doesn't warm up very quickly or it doesn't cool down very quickly and, and you think that's great. But of course, the concrete itself has a, has a very poor rating in terms of carbon. So yeah, net zero carbon is a very complicated thing and we're all still trying to get our heads around it. And I think, you know, when I pass the buck on to the next engineer, we'll still be trying to get our head around it and refine it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a complicated thing. Yeah, it's interesting that it's really complicated about yeah. the interfaces are so many other things. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. And what recommendations would you have for a pupil still in school who is interested in going into engineering? So absolutely follow your curiosities. So you must understand that you're, um, you know, you, you must have a reason perhaps why you want to do that. And even if it seems a little obscure and it doesn't quite fit the bill, explore what that might be. Go find those passions and go and, I don't know, join some clubs that you think might allow you to explore those passions. Do the little hobbies, have something on the background kind of thing. I do things that I've, um, uh, I, I've always explored and made things, uh, and, 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 and enjoyed the, the practical side of things and made sure I keep doing that. So it becomes sort of part of your passion. You know, I've got, you can't see it, but there's a 3D printer sitting right here and I, and I make those things, um, that I, uh, that I enjoy doing. My, my car is, um, uh, an, a battery car and it's, it's a vehicle to grid car. So it exports the energy to the house uh, and and stores the energy when it's low carbon and when it's sunny and things like that and then plays it back to the house and then exports it back out to the grid so it's it's following those passions i know those are big tangible things but it doesn't matter how small it is get interested in that go and do those things and follow those passions and then um, that will help you in developing your career but obviously all of those passions are are good but you do have to have a fundamental understanding of the world. And that's done from the education that you're getting, the sciences that you learn. And, you know, I struggled with those as younger, but that's okay. It will come. Do If you do struggle with that, but you still find the engineering, push through that, find your way through it. And, uh, and absolutely that, you know, it will, you will, you will love what you do and you'll come out and you'll absolutely love engineering. Very few people go into engineering and, and come out. They usually love it and, and, and tend to, tend to always love it. Lastly, would you recommend a career in engineering? Um, we, we as a commercial, as a commercial firm, we need people like you if you're interested. We need engineers. We need those people coming through and the world needs those people more than anything. So I would definitely recommend a career in engineering. It was so nice to hear from someone who clearly has two very distinct passions, both engineering and geography, and has successfully combined them together into a career. It shows that you don't just have to be just an engineer. So thank you so much, Lawrence. That was absolutely fascinating. Really interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. I'm hoping I don't, and I hope, Ms. Sek, you, you find that that's a, uh, a, you know, you follow your passions as you go through. Yeah, thank you. And thank you also, Min Suk. That was a really good set of questions. Really insightful. Thank you very much for writing those. Thank you. 
So You Want to Be an Engineer is produced by Katie Douglas and edited by Arthur Jenkins. It is a production of the St Paul School Engineering Society. If you would like to be on the show or would like to know more about Engineering Society, then you can email us on engineering at stpaulschool.org.uk. Thank you.